to The Truth In His Heart. I'm your host, Rob Lee. And today, I'm thrilled to welcome my next guest, the CEO of Black Fay Day LLC and mistress, guild mistress to be exact. Nope, I'm going to do that one more time. Welcome to The Truth In His Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am thrilled to welcome my next guest, the CEO of Black Fay Day LLC and the guild mistress of the nonprofit organization, Fay of Shade. Get ready to explore the magic of representation and empowerment through the lens of fantasy with Jasmine Tucker, a.k.a. Jasmine LaFleur. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I do feel like royalty after that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'll, I've been telling people I'm not going to give you the intro and then I give you the real intro. <laughs> ah, yeah, I love it. You get to come everywhere with me and just give that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to please. I'm here to please. Um so so thank you for for coming on and and making the time and you know I want to start off with sort of this kind of laying the groundwork sort of question I think a lot of things that we do as like adults that are like where we put our interest and our time to whether it's creative whether it's business whether it's like community organization it, it starts when we're really young could you tell me about some of your early creative interests and things that you were into that may be impacted and reflected in the work that you're doing today Oh, yeah. I think I actually started with classical music, to be honest, if we want to go way, way, way back, <laughs> like elementary school days. Um, I lived, I'm from originally from New Mexico, but for a brief span of my childhood, I lived in Denver, Colorado. And while I was there, um, my parents um asked me what I was interested in. And as a little kid, I'm just like, ah, you know, whatever my imagination, you know, takes me was what I was focused on. And um, I remember my dad, he's a mu musician, he plays bass. He got me a CD of Bach and he got me a CD of Beethoven. And I fell in love with classical music and I would make little I guess, operas in my head and twirl around and I could just imagine all the stories. And then uh, Tchaikovsky came into play and of course he wrote The Nutcracker. And so I think that's where my love for fantasy took off was yeah. listening to the, the uh, Nutcracker and then being able to see like the ballet on TV and you see these beautiful costumes and I was like, one day I'm going to be princess and, you know, <laughs> I was really into that. So fantasy um, through classical music became like my obsession and then anime happened <laughs> and Sailor Moon and, um, you know, all those heroes. I didn't even know girls could be heroes like that until I saw Sailor Moon. And so um, once anime happened in like middle school for me, or a little bit earlier, I think I was completely obsessed with that kind of storytelling and that medium. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's that's really great. I'm, I'm over here. As you're saying things, I am writing down notes because it's giving me more fuel for the rabbit fire portion and, <laughs> and, and good fuel, good fuel, because I might have some suggestions for you. Um, I've been involved with some of the uh, classical um, music folks or have you. I've had some conductors on and I think you might be interested in these conversations. <laughs> so so the, the other part 
that I, I read within your background as we kind of are still in this sort of introductory sort of origin story, if you will. Um, there's an education component to your background and an advocacy component to your background from, from what I was reading. Um, how do they show up in your work today? Oh, well, actually, right now, <laughs> you're catching me at my workplace. Um, I'm at the public library in my neighborhood where I am a program presenter. And so I um, go out to outreach programs that may be underserved um, as far as being able to receive um, quality books and literacy, things like that. And so I present these programs and I actually tote library materials and books so they can check them out at their schools and after school programs. And so it's really fun to come in as like the bubbly, fun librarian, right? So I don't have all the uh, Miss Jasmine's a teacher or substitute teacher. <laughs> <laughs> they're like ex actually excited you know to have me come in and uh read them a story and play some games so i really love being able to use my education background in that capacity where i'm serving the community i'm in but i'm also giving valuable skills um for these children so yes oh and i used to be an early childhood educator um working programs with kids from birth to three years old and a little bit of preschool before then. So I love being able to play and create with kids. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, I mean, I can see, you know, some of the connective tissue as we're getting into sort of the the Fay oriented part of this, this uh, the program, if you will. Um, so for those who are undipped, um, present company may be included. Who knows? Uh, could you tell us? what the definition of a fae is. There's a bit of confusion, and I would love if you could share what your definition of the the, the term, the culture, what have you, like, what, what's a fae? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so fae actually is a Gaelic word originally, um, but through, like, entomology and the history of uh, just people and language being as dynamic as it is, sure. currently um, in the definition that we refer to at Black Fae Day um, is a mythical humanoid creature. So that's very, very broad uh, to be a mythical creature. Could mean you're a centaur. That could mean you're a Ziza. That could mean you're a caterpillar man. You, you know, that could mean you're a sentient burrito person. I don't know, but... <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> yes, I feel like using that definition, but also understanding, respecting the original origins and the people who, you know, spoke that is really important because you don't want to get into arguments of appropriation, you know, <laughs> the bad word. <laughs> but um, you also, I feel like as a person who loves folklore, um, you also have to acknowledge the cultures around folklore and um, mythical creatures are every community on the planet. So <laughs> that, that that is something that happens, mythology and storytelling. Oh, thank you. That that definitely helps. That clears it up. Um, and yeah, I think paying homage and recognizing where, you know, things come from, it leads to a, a larger conversation and interaction with some of those like other groups other than you took, like you said, the, the appropriate, you took our thing and now it's yours. That's not how that works. And I, I like that you said that. And, you know, I guess, a, I guess yokai would be in that conversation too. Like I'm a yokai guy. 
Yeah, and you find yokai in Japanese mythology and folklore. So it is wonderful that the word fae or uh, mythical creature can connect you to so many different cultures. And so, you know, someone might say, yeah, I know what a mythical creature is. Yokai, I love yokai. And then now there's a whole brand new conversation. Or someone, um, I, I was reading a book called um, Iron, Win uh, Iron Widow. And it's a fascinating story with a really awesome female protagonist who is a mech pilot. <laughs> there is a lot of uh, Chinese uh, mythology there. So um, I learned about like this man with like eyes where his nipples should be and his mouth where his belly button should be. <laughs> and it's like a crazy mythical creature that, you know, um, is very familiar in Chinese culture. And yeah. so... I read it in the book, I started to see it or see references of it in different songs and literature and even Kung Fu movies yeah. where you know some of the fighters or heroes would be nicknamed after these mythical creatures that have been in their culture for thousands and thousands of years. So I really love mythology because it, you can jump in it and then you never know what stories or even genre of stories you might come across. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's appreciation. It's being able to to do that sort of journey. And, you know, I think it was it was an era where people were getting things, maybe tattoos that they didn't know what the hell they were getting. And it's like, oh, you don't know what that kanji means, sir. Or ma'am, that is not the animal you or the mythical creature you want to have on you. And <laughs> I, I'll say when I, I have a tattoo of a food dog at an Oni, and I did a lot of research before getting it because, you know, you hear different things and you want to make sure you're, you're on point while appreciating and seeing the you know where that story maybe connects with you so um yeah that that's that just my my two cents on that and almost as a natural segue because we're talking about phase yes. how did the idea of black fade day come about and can you tell us like you know like really what does the role as the the all everything no maybe but the all everything like ceo and everything related to that what does your role entail at black fade day yeah so I initially was the creator, <laughs> and um, so that started with, you know, feelings of being disconnected after you know, COVID lockdown happened, um, feeling isolated, feeling like, oh, it's really hard to connect online um, a lot of the times. And um, my birthday prior to Black Bay Day, um, I had a cost Zoom party, cost nice. Zoom with my family <laughs> and I remember you know we're all over the country we're dressed up and we're playing party games or whatever and I thought wow like this felt really nice like it had I hadn't experienced that in a while since COVID had happened and we've been isolated um and I was thinking about the coming year so it was almost spring 28 days of black uh cosplay had just ended which is going on right now while we're recording um, and speaking. But um, it's so inspiring to see everyone in costume. But again, we were online and just had to enjoy it out of person. And I saw how wonderful it was. And that was created by a cosplayer named uh, Princess Mentality. I love her and I loved that whole movement. 
But I saw uh, this beautiful girl and she was dressed up as a princess. And I thought, I, I, I don't get to see images like this. Uh, very often, like I've always loved fairy tales like Thumbelina and Rapunzel and Snow White, but I never saw myself in those characters. I just felt like I was in a bubble on the outside wanting to get in. And so I was like, me and my friends, let's just dress up and we're going to use this hashtag. And if other people want to join in, they can participate. But I really want to flood social media with images of black fairies and knights and dragons and whatever we want to be just for one day only. Just if we could flood the internet and break algorithms that so people could see <laughs> positive, you know, representation of us in fantasy. So that was the call to action. I tweeted, I had zero, like, I probably had like 300 people following me. So it literally was me just calling out into the ether and um, really signaling to my friends because that's the only people I thought were going to participate. <laughs> and if I was being honest with myself, um, but I put it out there and it took off. Like yeah. I tweeted in March by May on the day. It's the second Saturday, May each year. Um, on May 20, I mean, on May 8th, 2021 was the first Black Fay Day. And it was like the second most trending topic on Twitter that day. I mean, so many people participated. So many beautiful images of, you know, whole families dressed up as wizards and knights and little baby dragons in their houses and in their homes, um, making it their own. Like to see like a grandparent all the way down to the youngest dressed up in fantasy is like unreal. Yeah. And that's we've ever I, a lot of us haven't experienced before. So it was so beautiful to see whole families and individuals and artists and illustrators and authors participate, say, hey, I'm a rock, uh, indie writer and I have this book and the protagonist is a black elf and she cusses and she does all these things, you know, like all these things that really show a playfulness that we don't often see in media. So if it was just that, it was a su success to me and it made me very happy. And so I decided with my partner, Carlos, um, that maybe I should dedicate my work into keeping this feeling going and providing more opportunities to uplift the community that we found together. Like a, a lot of people who follow us said, oh, I thought I was the only one. That right. that that comment came up so often. I get a little emotional about, about it right now. Yeah. And people laugh because they're like, you're a crybaby. Every time you talk about this part, you're like <laughs> teary. But to hear that and to know what it feels like to be the only one at the D&D game, to be the only one, you know, on the hike with your wooden sword, <laughs> to be the only one um, in the pool with your mermaid tail on, you know. Um, we got so many of those stories and people thanking us for bridging us all together um, that I just couldn't leave it at just the hashtag. <laughs> so now I work daily <laughs> on trying to make sure I hear uh, the concerns and um, triumphs of the people in this community that want to make fantasy um, 
more black <laughs> wonderful <laughs> as 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 one should and i got a few more questions related in that area but i i, I got a comment on it one i want to say thank you for for doing that and and, and and kind of helping spearhead that and kind of just just starting that sort of conversation um from your vantage point because i think like you know, me as a person, I've gone to conventions, I've gone to different cons and so on. And, you know, early on, I was like, man, I'm too cool for this. I was, <laughs> I was wearing like Timberlands and fitted hats just to try to place. I, that's what I own, but playing the character. So I'm, I'm not cosplaying as a rapper. I'm just saying that. But I'm, I'm going there and I'm seeing people that are just being in themselves and enjoying their fandom, enjoying the weird little quirkiness and that whimsy and, and, and in a sense dancing like nobody's watching, you know, and I think it's something very freeing and very alluring about that. And I'll say even, you know, uh, personally, my, my partner, she's just like, she's like, I'm a fairy. She's like, this is what I'm doing. This is what it is. <laughs> and I remember it was yes. a couple, it was a couple of Halloween's ago where I'm searching, you know, for days to try to find, I, I, I like puns, right? So I dressed as the weekend and I'm six, four. And so I call myself the three day weekend or the long weekend because I thought it was funny. <laughs> the and, three day weekend. And I, I saw her costume and she bought these really expensive like fairy wings from somewhere. And she has this crown on. I'm like, all right, I see you out here. And it's a really cool picture. And we just look like people that you have the pop culture thing. You have just, you know, her kid was with her. So you had the horror movie thing. And then you had her <laughs> in her fairness. You know, and it was just just really cool to sort of see that. And, you know, people were kind of coming by like, wow, you guys have really interesting costumes. And I was like, it's a lifestyle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need like the postcard of that image with it's a lifestyle on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll tag I'll tag you in it. I'll, I'll, I'll send, send it your way. Um, so in being in this sort of sort of spot of, you know, helping build community, connect community, um and you know and how how does the community like come through you touched on it but as we've we've grown over the last what now coming up on two years uh or three years at this point um how what are some of the achievements that have happened what are some of the like um opportunities that have presented itself from people being tapped in and community being built yeah well we hear all kinds of stories um especially since uh, last year's first physical event. So uh, last year we were able to throw our fairy tale gala, um, land versus sea was the theme. And we had it in Atlanta, Georgia um, uh, during Black Fay Day weekend last year. Um, and it was something I just decided I'm gonna do. And so I petitioned to our community groups on Facebook and I said, hey, I want to do this fairy tale gala for you and um, give you a safe space to just frolic and be yourself and, you know, see each other. And I, they, the community gave me the thousand dollars I needed to uh, put down a deposit on a venue and it was a black owned venue. So that was amazing. Um, it was a beautiful garden with a pool and like cabana. It was just like oh, vibes, right? <laughs> so we got it um, locked down and even just telling um, the venue owners at uh, Chalet Gardens what we were doing, even they were inspired and excited and giddy about it. And so I just started to 
like source from the community. So no, you're a knight uh, troop. Like, tell me about what Wakan- knights of Wakanda. And I found out that they are a group that is in a sport co- called Armored Combat. And they came in from head to toe in real armor and they practice real uh, African traditional martial arts. Um, Some of them know multiple different types of swords play and like that's what they do. They educate people about um, African um, battle um, and let people know that there weren't just European knights in the world that we had warriors and we had knights and we had all kinds of, um, you know, warriors out there that we weren't taught about before. So mm-hmm. they ed- not only educated us, but they also demonstrated what they did. So we had real <laughs> knights and armor and shields and swords clanking around and giving it to us. So that was exciting. And we had mermaids there that, um, you know, came in with their tails and were diving and swimming. It really was a magical experience to say, okay, I know a mermaid and I know a fairy <laughs> and I know a knight and let's put this all together and see what happens. And it ended up being one of the most magical experiences I've ever seen. Like Disney World has nothing on seeing black mermaids yeah. and knights and um, them really in their element. Um, and to be able to give that to my community and say, look, look at us. Like, this is what we do. Like, you've been doing this. And now we have a place to celebrate that with each other. Um, Everything's changed since then. Now, um, we have vendors there. And some of them said, I I vended there for the first time. And I didn't, you know, think I could before. Now I've been to this condition. I've been that. and, And my business is flourishing. So even small businesses um, you know, benefited from just being in communion with other Black fantasy enthusiasts. So uh, that's like one of the biggest accomplishments <laughs> and why I've decided to make this my work to just facilitate being able to meet and support each other. That's 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 beautiful. I'm, I'm sitting here just in awe and uh, just really happy uh, about this. And it's this this idea I keep poking around that of, I mean, as as black folk, if we're able to do and bring our things together, we're always going to support each other. We're always going to support our communities, what have you. And there are things that kind of get in the way, you know, social media being a big piece of it. But I think if used right, we can build up that sort of community and connect in that way. And then and by social media, I'm talking about you can't see people in your feed sometimes. <laughs> it's like, I want to see these black people. Nah, nah, you're going to see these advertisements, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I think, you know, what you're describing is a testament to, you know, there's an appetite for it. There's an interest for it. And people want to come together and, you know, put on some ears and a mermaid tail and some armor and get it in, you know. And yes. it didn't have it in one of the blackest places I could think of in Atlanta. And I was like, oh, fried chicken come with us? Do we, do, we, do we get waffles as well? Like, what are we doing? This is great. <laughs> but it's 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 beautiful. And I'm just really, really fortunate that um then happy to hear that that's kind of like some of the story that's there. And it's um, I would imagine more and more to come. Um, so for you, I have like two more real questions here. For you, like in in, in the whole like sort of team or what have you. 
what are sort of the goals or the aspirations you have for like this year and beyond? Like, where do you want to see it? What's the next theme looking like? What do you have in mind? What's on your mind moving forward? Yes. Well, I feel like the crown jewel of Black Fay Day right now would be um, the Fae of the Shade, which is our guild. And uh, we're working really hard right now to uh, make it in a, a official registered nonprofit organization. And so that requires a lot. It requires a board and writing bylaws and, you know, making sure that you're not going to tick off the IRS, <laughs> you know, with that uh, um, nonprofit comes, you know, like tax um, permission, special permissions and things like that. So um, the learning curve is high um, with me not really having a background in nonprofit organization, but I have a community that really supports me and um, are teaching me a lot. So um, I'm really excited that I get to do this with my colleagues and fans and friends and uh, people that I'm beginning to call family um, with these interactions that we've had together. So um, it's really special. And that's what we're focusing on right now. That way we can provide actual programs and services and support in a way that we can't right now. So that's um, the goal. Um, we would still have meetups like the gala, but there's also some educational and um, other kinds of economically um, uplifting things that we're trying to do. Um, so that's that. And we are having our second fairy tale gala um, this April, April 30th in uh, Rockwell, Texas, Rockwall, Texas. And that's just a few minutes outside of Dallas. Um, the theme is Royals. <laughs> and there's a story behind that. Um, but I wanted to have like a big coronation for everyone because you are of high value and high esteem. And uh, I really wanted everyone to feel like they were the ultimate VIP when they come to this gala. I love it. I mean, I'm polishing off my crown, uh, yes. getting my, my black velvet together. I mean, I know it's probably gonna be a little warm, but I, I'll put on some black velvet, shave my yeah. hair, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like always looking at um, like the Afropunk uh, musicians, yeah. uh, I mean, Afrobeats, Afrobeats musicians, because they're, they're threads are always so on point like they look so good from head to toe just so regal and fashionable so um those are some of the people i look at for inspiration <laughs> so i want to look regal too <laughs> i mean all i'm in all i'm always in is like dirty carhartt shirts and just trying to make it happen that's just literally <laughs> the life so it'd be it'd be cool for me to switch it up to something more regal um so I think I think actually I got everything um, as far as the real questions. I mean, you you, you crushed it for one. So shout out to you. And, uh, and, and so, <laughs> I didn't so, cry. No, you were great. So <laughs> you might cry this part though. We got to do the rapid fire questions. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> they're they're fun though. They're fun. I, I assure you, they are fun. Um, one is a request. I'm just letting you know, having it the back of your mind, because you said something earlier that you know I, I got to dive into because I'm a fan. Uh, Okay, here's the first one. Um, what is one thing that you would do? What's the first thing that you would do if you were invisible for a day? Oh, man. If I was invisible for a day, a whole 24 hours, yeah. 
Um, you know, I'm a fae, you know, like a fairy folk person. There's a lot of chaos I could cause <laughs> without being seen. I would do so much. I think pranking anybody with an eye shot would be like the ultimate win for me. Just ultimate chaos everywhere. Hands are down, people tripping over themselves, printers aren't working. Uh, like, yes, just just anything and everything. That's very close to what I would do. I would change the name on coffees. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Like, that... <laughs> like, this doesn't say Brian at all. It says poopy head. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> th thinking back, um, what was one of your nicknames in school? Because we all had nicknames. We all had something that was just like, come on, man. Can we come with something nicknames? better? Nicknames in school? I wasn't that cool, man. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't either. My, my nickname wasn't great. It was just like, oh, that's Fat Rob right there. It's like, come on, guys. Can we? Oh, All right. man. I can't even. Mm... I'm Now I'm going to call my friends and be like, y'all are so uncreative. Like, <laughs> nobody gave me, like, a real nickname. Like, Jazzy, that's it. Jazzy, Jazzy D. Um... My mom called me um, Frida Fracker. That was like random. <laughs> now I feel like you're like one of those like IRS secret people that are trying to get my identity. <laughs> oh, like, snap. <laughs> the identity questions like, what street did you live on? What was your childhood nickname? Tell me more. Right. <laughs> <I'm typing. laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. I'll move on. I want my, uh, my cover blown. Um, what is. Uh... You know, what is a useless, like, or what, what seemingly useless fact that you know? Like, you know, some people have, like, I'm a big trivia guy, right? So it's just like, yeah. oh, you know that this person did this and that. And someone's like, why, why do you know that? Why is that on the top of your dome? So what is, like, something that, you know, like a favorite useless fact for you? Mm, I think it was, like, if you play the note C, like um, concert FC, like above, like so many octaves, it turns into the color red because the wavelengths are so oh. fast that the sound wavelength changes to color. But I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's the way science works. But if it was a fact, it's one that I know and it could be totally wrong. But I know. Take it. <laughs> That's a fae fact for you within the magical realms of the shade. Fae facts. That's, that's great. All right. Here's, yeah. the, here's the last one. The last one is the request. All right. Can you, can you give us a little bit of that Sailor Moon theme, please? Just, just a Fight sketch. evil by moonlight. Mm. Win in love by daylight. Uh, yeah. uh, never running from a real fight. Uh. She is one named Sailor Moon. If I hey. sing anymore, you're going to get copyright strikes. So let me yeah, stop. that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was fire. I like literally. I just like at least once a week, I go on YouTube and I just type in Sailor Moon theme, and then I grab my tuxedo mask, mask, and then people yeah. are looking at me like I'm crazy at work. That's and just you're what it posing, is. You're like you got your rose. 
you're ready to go. Uh, your cape's blowing in the wind. <laughs> That's my ringtone, by the way. It's like an 8-bit version, nice. but it's really cute. <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm going to pull up at this regal affair with that tuxedo mask fit on. It's going to be fire. <laughs> You'll hear a shriek from across the room, and I'll totally break character. I won't be a hostess anymore. I'll just be a fangirl. Like, oh my god, tuxedo mask case in my camera. Nobody can tell me Yeah, I'd be too happy. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much everything um for today. This has been a treat. Um, and um I want to thank you for for coming on to the podcast and uh spinning a yarn with me and sharing with me. And um I want to invite and encourage you to tell the listeners where they can check out you, social media, Black Fay Day anything that you want to share, the floor is yours. Yes, definitely hit up our website at www.blackfayday.com. You'll get all the latest news where you can sign up to be one of the shades. So we definitely want you to join in on uh, the guilt fund when you can. All of our events are going to be posted there, which we have more to come and I can't announce them yet, but if you sign up for emails, you'll get all the information you need to uh, be part of the shade and enjoy all this wonderful black fantasy uh, things that we have coming for you. Of course, you can also follow us on social media at Black Fade Official on Instagram and Facebook and Anywhere that you pretty much have socials, it's either Black Fade Day after that. Um, and also follow the hashtag if you want to see all that people have done to participate with the Black Fade Day movement. Follow hashtag Black Fade Day on all your socials as well. So you'll see some great things. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Jasmine LaFleur, Jasmine Tucker for coming on to the podcast um, for Black Fay Day. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, community, and representation in and around your neck of the woods. You just have to look for it. Music.